What's going on, people? This is Greg Alba with The Real Rejects, joined by my best friend, John Humphrey. John, say hello. Hi, guys. This is John. All right, you guys might have seen us on YouTube before. The best YouTube channel ever. Mm. The only YouTube channel worth watching. We're pretty humble, and we don't say that about ourselves. No. But it seems like everyone else <laughs> wants to keep saying that, so... Uh, okay, guys. I guess we'll take the title... Whatever you say. Grudgingly, <laughs> but <laughs> all right. Anyway, what we normally do is we do uh, reaction reviews, and so right now we are waiting for our friend Koi Jandro, comic book expert, but no smarter than John Humphrey, that's for no, sure. No. Step off, Koi. If anyone knows Moon Knight, it's going to be John. He bought a comic. He knows how to do it. Right, John? I can read. He can read. And with that reading comes expertise knowledge. So, <laughs> with that, <laughs> we are waiting for Coy. And when he shows up, we are going to do a reaction to Morbius, the first episode. Did I say Morbius? You said Morbius. Moon Knight. You said Moon Knight. <laughs> Moon Knight. Yeah. I can't wait for Morbius. I'm just waiting for Moon Knight. <laughs> Morbius. I messed up my own joke. We're going to be watching, uh, yeah, Moon Knight, the first episode. And I can't be the first one who's done that. No, not no. at all. No, they're coming out like right at the same time, you know, both are M.O. names, yeah. you know, they're both dark and horror tinged. There's a lot of uh, potential crossover. I can't wait for Jared Leto and Morpheus. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> Take the, the blood pill or the not blood pill. So, yeah, we're going to watch Moon Knight, do a reaction to it, which you can catch up on the YouTubes, and then um, we usually do reviews afterwards. You might hear my cat in the background freaking out. Mm. He's really excited for Morpheus, <laughs> so. If this goes well, he'll have his own show on this network. So, you know, just keep on listening, enjoy the review, and, uh, yeah, keep an ear out yeah. for more to come. All right, guys. Well, best way to enjoy it is watch the episode first and come back and hear our thoughts. Thank you, peeps. Did we make an intro yet? Let's make an intro now. Roll that intro. Unnecessarily loud rock and roll music for a movie talk special. Commentary online is cool. Cool explosion. Yeah, brother. Fire. <laughs> Enjoy. Beautiful, beautiful work. Hell yeah. Wow. Wow. Step out of the way, Hawkeye episode one. We got a new favorite. <laughs> God damn. That was insane. I'm so glad they saved, like, I never knew Oscar Isaac's voice like that. I'm so glad they saved Mark from all the marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it felt exciting to hear just Oscar Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> He's so good at that He's British so accent. I good. like I it dawned on me like in the middle of like I, I I don't see an accent at all. Like it's that thing where you you just think that's his voice. You would yeah. assume that if this is the first time you're seeing Oscar Isaac, I would go, Oh, the American accent's the voice he's putting on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the duality between that like nasally it sounds, you know, insecure versus yeah. his commanding Isaac voice as well as the accent. Yeah. You know, something Easter eggs for Koi? You know, <laughs> oh, yeah, just uh, lots of Easter eggs. Well, you just, I mean, like, like three? You got the, you got oh, three, my God, Ex Machina right, right here. Yeah. It did leave me with a question, though. Did, did he ask that girl out with an American accent? And then she was like... And then she was just like, whatever, right. you're British now. He's got, he's got jokes. <laughs> I, I assume everyone thinks he's, you know... F. Murray Abraham. Abraham. Nice. So it was not Sean Connery from Beyond. <laughs> nope, nope. 
I tried to bring him back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's get one of those AI voices. That always goes. Oh God, that is a beautiful closing credits. What a stunning show visually. Like, they're really great at expressive camera work. Even express yourself. (laughs) Express yourself. Don't hurt anyone. (laughs) I like knew I'd like the show, but I didn't know how hard it would go. Like, you know, everyone's been concerned about Disney to the point where I was like starting to believe them, and that was. Really violent. Oh, I signed my age restriction, you know, pin and everything. Yeah, they mean yeah. business now. <laughs> Here it is. I mean that that that's Moon Knight. Like they they accomplish the really pondersome tone when he's piecing together like the the existential dread. But they also the cinematography reads like the comics, which have this really. Uh, I mean, have you read the Greg Smallwood illustrated stuff yet? The, is that the six issue one? Yeah. No, I, I, I'm gonna get the. Okay, so the visuals there remind the me so much. Right now. Yeah, the smallwood visuals there. Yeah. You'll okay. see the Von. <laughs> it wasn't Von Doom on the on the. That's the Easter egg. Cupcake truck. You noticed it was, it. it was a lack of Easter egg because everybody's like, "It's Von Doom." I don't think it said oh, Von yeah. Doom on the on the cupcakes. I don't know who actually believed that. A lot of people. But that, you guys are crazy. This is actually the most separated from the MCU out of them all. That's why I don't like. I didn't notice a lot of these strikes personally. I didn't feel, and I'm I'm glad because the eternal scenes where they were like shoehorning in Marvel felt off to the tone of the film. Whereas this actually, just, oh, there's a mental this thing at the very end. That's that I like an that. opinion of non-praise about the Eternals. There is the occasional flaw. What in a very good film? Oh, wait, what are I, you doing? I, you have there, a the occasional flaw. Occasion will flaw. You like everything. That's not true. Every the Irishman's single. <laughs> Oh, no. Coming Bring from you, that Bring it back. Bring it back. And I cut that out of the actual video. Oh. Now it's on the record. Oh. Now you Once know it's you get a, cut out of this video. Yeah, it's a throwback to a cut joke, and now it's real. Let's talk um, about it. Let's, let's talk, talk about it. it. So let's do this differently. Okay. Go, our new comic book yes. aficionado. Yes, the the one everybody wants to hear from. No, I, I love this. I thought this was really, really terrific. And yeah, I mean, you know, from my extensive knowledge now of the comics, I mean, this does feel very spiritually sound. I mean, yeah, Stephen has been a bit recontextualized, but I like the choice to do that. I think he's a really effective. Yeah, I mean, he's not the billionaire guy, you know, the philanthropist <laughs> playboy or whatever. I like the choice to really bring us into his world as a character who is a bit more nebbishy and down on his luck and I love the disorientation they throw you for with all these things that are happening. In an episode like this they have to be economical with that time and I thought the way that they managed to hop to so many different things utilizing that lapse in consciousness was really smart. All the way through their camera work was so complimentary and so expressive to the point where like all of these are incredibly finely crafted but this was a show, this episode alone was an episode where I was like no shot is wasted here. Everything feels like it has a lot of thought put into it. Oscar Isaac, it's it's hard to say enough things about him. And even though we've only had a few glimpses at uh, Arthur Harrow, Ethan Hawke, uh, I, I love his presence as well. And I love that even though he does have a sinister quality about him, there's something that is sinister. very, uh, <laughs> your boy. Uh, <laughs> even though there is a sinister quality about him, something about him that doesn't seem like, you know, he's a mustache twirler, you know, like I like his his dedication, his devotion to, you know, this, you know, almost prophet-like role that he is playing, you know, in conjunction with the gods, and I just can't wait to see more. Yeah. I loved it. 
Uh, I, I love that there was a moment where we all went like Oscar Isaac. Like, there was one like acting choice after another that was so interesting, so captivating, and it's really hard because of the big change they did with Steven. Uh, I think it's smart to have the Batman similarities separate because there's there's enough people talking yeah. about how he's Marvel's Batman, so you get rid of the Playboy first. Uh, so I love that the duality between Mark and Steven is that direction about weakness and strength, and I really enjoyed the disorientation we as an audience experienced having only Steven's perspective. We only got to experience that and then his disorientation of losing time and losing cognizance. So it, it would be his perspective. What I'm curious is, is if we'll get an episode where it's like we're with Mark the whole time or if we're in an episode where we like meet the third identity and we, we lose time or if they played that just for the pilot and now we're going to, or I don't even know if they're considered pilots if you get a season older, but you know what I mean? If we're going to play with uh, different personalities or now that we've already dealt with these two, if it'll be more streamlined, more more a narrative structure. Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, I loved Ethan Hawke so much. I think he's so talented, but seeing him in this this darkness, I like that it mirrored the footsteps. Like we we got that opening that was that was you know his his punishing self-flagellation, but we also then saw uh, the the walk of Moon Knight. I do think we're going to see a lot more similarities in this hero-villain pairing as we meet Mark. Like, I think we're going to see how similar they are, and I really liked that it opened with the villain in this case and then followed through. Yeah. You know, the filmmakers, they did say, or one of the creators said that this is like Fight Club meets Indiana Jones. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> like, already from the first episode, I could just imagine how much more archaeological swashbuckling this is all going to feel. Like, this didn't feel like R-rated to me or any story. It doesn't feel like it's R- I don't know. It's just the first episode. But the first episode was more like that dark PG-13 supernatural horror flair that mm -hmm. I really love. And especially, like, staying within the museum, it is like Indiana Jones- National Treasure, but like better than National Treasure. <laughs> One of those flares that I really liked a lot. Locking it into solely Steven's perspective, A, gives you a character to really endear yourself to. You know, it's like there's aphemisms about him that kind of remind you of a bit like uh, how you get kind of endeared to like Tobey Maguire in the first Spider-Man movie. Like everyone just seems to pick on this guy when he's, yeah. when he's just a, such a softy. He's a little you know? pathetic. A li <laughs> even a chases a bus like Peter. A little pathetic. Yeah, even chases a bus like Peter at the very top of it. Locking it into his perspective allows you to do some very interesting camera choices and editing choices that can be kind of shocking and cool and also that much more immersive and I thought that was one of the most unique things about what they did here was actually having the delays those shifts, those mm. visual motifs without showing you the events when they're, without showing you mm. what Mark Spector is doing when he's taking over makes it more immersive to not actually see it which is so unique like you don't Usually to make it immersive, you got to really envelop yourself in the actual thing that's happening in the present moment. But throwing you into what he's going through really puts you there. It does make me curious, like, what the overall character arc will be for him. Because obviously they've established, like, I've had that same thought too. I've expressed that quite a few times. The three main personages are like Jake, Steven, and Mark in the comics, mm -hmm. And we right? haven't met Jake yet. We haven't met Jake. We don't even know if he exists yet uh, within this world or if it will be introduced. It'll be the post credit scene. <laughs> Very end. Jake, Lockley, do. Get in my cab. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird thing. Yeah. People that don't know are like, I'm not excited about what the hell that It's a weird job shift, I guess. Sure. Why not fired from the museum? He's a cabbie now. This is his arc. The way how the people were like, Bruce Wayne into billionaire playboy in Batman. This, this is, is it. This is his arc into becoming a billionaire playboy. By way of cabbie. That's where the money is. Well, I was wondering like, what the, what the character arc will ultimately be. Will it be one of those things where, because it seems like we're going to have some of that almost Venom and Eddie thing. 
where mm. he, you know, he's it's interacting with Conchu within his head. Can we talk about how great Conchu looks? Conchu looks, Conchu looks, looks great. That bus scene, I think, might be my favorite when he's just standing there for a few frames and then mm. disappears. Just the scope of him, the size, the yeah. ethereal. Like up close, we'd seen a couple shots, but the the scope of what they were able to do and making him feel tangible but intangible at the same time. Absolutely, I think what they did with his music, with the music around them too, and yeah. music around this whole show, like they had some needle drops, but then they also had some just original score that had that like operatic Egyptian flair yeah, to yeah. it and sometimes it was very pulsating. The scene work between Arthur Harrow and Stephen Grant is, is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. What excites me most is because when you get two actors like that, they understand the importance of dynamics and the relationship. So when we have Mark Spector interacting with Arthur Harrow, it's going to be like a completely different scene. Yeah. It's going to be like two different actors are interacting with each yeah. other. You know? And you have that caliber actor for that reason. Because apparently, you know, they're friends and that's how Ethan Hawke got brought on. So I love the idea that they're actually going like, no, no, we want to have this fight, this actor fight. Like, we want to have yeah. this tete-a-tete. -tete. Speaking to what you're saying about the arc, I really think it's going to be interesting to see if the show lands with him being able to control his identities more and be him being able to decide which one is serving the best purpose. Because yeah. in the comics, sometimes that's the case. Not always, but I do think it's going to be interesting if Mark takes over to a level that we see, you know, the badass kind of steering more. It's going to be like that scene in the two towers when Gollum is like talking with himself. Yeah. Go away and never return. <laughs> Go away, never return. <laughs> Later, well, Gator. Yeah, that action scene was really well shot. I think this just strikes a really cool mood and a really good mystery, but also keeping it refreshing. And what makes Oscar Isaac's performance, I think, so strong, just how much this all weighs on him. Like, mm -hmm. starting it off where he just has no, you guys are using the word disorientation a lot, so I'll use it. You know, everyone uses good word. dense for Eternals. Yeah. So that's the new disorientation. Disorientation. Disney Plus. Disorientation. Disorientation Plus. Oscar Isaac's performance was just how much that weighs on it. That's why that restaurant scene was so powerful. Was because it wasn't just that, like, oh my God, he's crying. Whoa, good acting, you know? Which is the mark of any good actor. He cries. That's all you got to do. Good acting. Right? Yeah. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah. A lot of anger and a lot of crying. Yeah. Good acting. It's the way he interacted. Like, he's not receiving at all what the waiter's telling him like he's vegan they established that he's giving into the meat just like succumbing to it something he's had to like kind of discipline himself i imagine to resist that like something's like little as that something sort of nuanced that to make that choice but clearly he likes meat and then he has to he's going to get something that he's had to discipline mm -hmm. himself to go against because he's just falling apart internally that he's just asking him all these questions he's just like it'd be so polite so affable he's just like yeah yeah whatever yeah okay uh-huh that's good but you could see him just breaking down while trying to put on a face. Mm -hmm. Ah, powerful stuff. So yeah, I think uh, Oscar Isaac's performance here is just so strong. Like I care so much. I care so much about Stephen Grant. This is the first Marvel show that they've introduced a character, right? Like as your protagonist? Kate Bishop's the closest. But that was still like yeah. the jumping off point was we got Clint Barton here. I think yeah. it's the closest. Like, this is all brand new people. Like, yeah. Everyone here is brand new. And that's why new. I was saying I'm glad there's not a lot of Easter eggs and not a lot of references. A lot of I like that we get to live in the supernatural yeah. by itself for a second. I, I'm not looking for stuff. Maybe I shouldn't be, but I'm enjoying like just the experience of it. And also, the, I keep bringing him up, but Greg Smallwood's uh, his art style has this really beautiful kind of like pencil shading aesthetic to the underneath. And I'm loving how they're using shading. I'm loving how they're using like darkness versus light. I love the little detail of having a white hood, but like the use use of lighting is playing into how I visually see the comic books. There's always this very heavy inked book and it makes it obviously the supernatural tone, but it also feels like more of a translation of the comic to the screen than some of the other shows have for me personally. Like some, sometimes the comic, it feels like 
a Marvel show. Like they're going for a Marvel color palette. This doesn't feel like a Marvel exactly. color palette. It feels like the comic inks are on screen for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got really expressive light. And I love that you name check J-Horror because it definitely has a certain element of that, which is also very inky and a very sort of depths of the shadows kind of genre. And to it, we talked about in one of the trailer reactions about how, you know, they're talking about this is going to be a level up in terms of how harsh, you know, a Marvel Disney Plus show can get. And I've never been one to think that they'll go Daredevil Netflix level, but I do appreciate that, like, in that scene where he kills those people, there is blood. And the blood on his hand is very striking. And it made me go, we don't really often see blood of consequence in these things. And, and even that was something that was, like, really striking just from a color and just from a palette sort of standpoint. Well, I think the most disturbing thing is also the opening scene. Stepping into a sandal full of glass. <laughs> that was so... <laughs> like, that's, 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 and that's such a bold way to open any show, much less a Disney yeah. show. Like, any show opening that way is like, what am I watching? What am I investing in? I can just imagine a whole family getting around. Got the new Marvel hey! show up. Remember oh Hawkeye? My remember, the, remember that Christmas show we just watched? Man, what a delight. Let's put oh. on Moon Knight now. It's spring. I love these things. What is going on in this show? <laughs> kids, kids, don't get any ideas. Look away. Look away. From now on. Keep looking away. Keep looking away. <laughs> I also, I think it was really smart to keep all of the marketing largely in the first episode. Like most of the stuff we saw yeah. from the trailers was it here. I know I've put the whole series together. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know what's going on. Yeah, here we go. Happen. That's why you know about the cabbie at the end. It's all about the fish. Right to the poke. Yeah. <laughs> that Damn it, the fish know. has all the answers. The scary Gus underneath <laughs> Gus all along. <laughs> Gus the fish. Is Gus the fish a future pet Avenger? That's the question. Definitely. Definitely. Gotta, that's the big Easter Guys, egg. Guys, the They're Easter egg is pet Avenger. Right, got you. It's, it's just all forming. You thought they were going Young Avengers? We'll get no, Pizza no. Dog. We'll get yep. Gus. We'll we got get the, the Flurkin Cat. Alligator from Loki. Loki Gator. Uh, Perfect. Yeah, we got I mean, that's five. That's an Avengers team. Yeah. Do it. Cut the check. I stopped listening. I know. Guys. I felt that. Listen. Moon Knight's done. <laughs> we One are, episode event. We are done. Whole That's show's it. great. Everyone's done, done today. Done. Listen, uh, follow Koi over on his um, TikTok. Oh, fuck. You forgot to tell me. Oh, I got a YouTube and TikTok. Oh, at the top? Top of the show? I'll just put a little logo on it. Fucking asshole. I'm the worst. It's my fault. Can you yeah, show me what assignment? You just so remind me about your TikTok. About I thought my assignment was to know Moon Knight. That is the important. Yeah, this, the show, this show doesn't even really need you to know Moon Knight. That's nice though, right? Oh, we didn't talk about that. are unnecessary. How approachable the show is, considering how dense, to use your word, Moon Knight is. Uh, yeah, disorienting. Listen, uh, to follow us on Patreon, thanks, John, for um, doing it all, man. He's the Moon Knight expert. He's the Moon Knight expert. <laughs> There's probably a split personality of John that just knows every comic. Yeah, he's <laughs> never here when I freaking need him. If I, I would be it's so always upset. Stephen Graham. I would be so upset to as find out I have a personality who's like, like I'm all God. the answers, the complete shadow relief of all the things I struggle with. It's and just, like, the just back a, a guy jollily reading, like your cutscene is this guy, like, oh, that's nice, gone, completely useless. One thing before we go, Arthur Harrow. I like the way they have drawn him as this prophet for people, this uh, savior. It's such a unique way of cleansing the world, of talking about bringing heaven to earth, mm -hmm. of, all right, let the God judge whether or not you're a good person or not. 
Okay, you're bad. We're wiping you off. Mm -hmm. That is fascinating. It's a it's a fresh spin on the environmentalist villain that we see all the time. You know, right? Yeah, right. The, and the like Thanos plan, one like Heaven's Gatey sort of cultism too. Yeah, know, it's, a lot of it's much more man. individualized. It's a much more like personal way to kill somebody. Like you're you're seeing. It's almost like the penance there with Ghost Rider. Wasn't he like a Nazi in the comics or something? Yeah, I mean, definitely like that. Man, but with Hydra, it doesn't really work as well. But yeah, like definitely in that. Tonality. Uh, Moon Knight. Pick up a comic today, kids. Yeah. And step on some glass while you're at it. You'll see you got your shoes. Suit? 